and welcome. You're listening to the New Zealand Wine Podcast and I'm Boris Lamont. Thanks for joining us for this episode where we're having a look at the Rhone Valley area in France and this is part one of two episodes on this region. And joining us to discuss this region we have Mark today who you will hear has a remarkable knowledge of French wine and the French regions and also Jean-Christophe Poisard whose family have been in the wine industry for a number of generations and Jean-Christophe now lives in Auckland, New Zealand and imports and retails French wine and travels back to France at least once a year. And the reason why we're having a um, conversation about French wine regions on the New Zealand Wine Podcast is because obviously a lot of conversation about wine refers back to French regions and French blends and we wanted just to have a really 101 session on the French regions to demystify and help explain what some of the terms are and the context around that. So right now let's go have a chat with Jean-Christophe and Marc. So the, we're in the Northern Rhone, Jean-Christophe. So That's how right. are we looking? What are we seeing? Well, we got uh, in the studio now, we got one of the specialists. <laughs> of the nonsense. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. He loves it. He I loves love them. It. I loves love them. it. Of course I love them. But you're, you're the expert. I'm just, I, I just, I just <laughs> seem to throw some disposable income at it every, every couple of weeks. <laughs> well, i tell you why. i tell you why um, uh, this region is very, very close to my heart. is because this is where my family, where wine merchants oh, really, just on the other side of the, of the hills of, um, of the Col de la République. So just on the other side of the hills of... Uh, of um, uh, Saint Joseph, really. So, so it's a, it's a region which is very close to my heart because it's a style of wine that we used to drink on Sundays. You know, that's you know, I don't know if you did. You used to have that in in the states. Where yes, Sunday, Sunday was a Sunday lunch was lamb, a very lamb, big lamb roast. Yes, at, at the home. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Well, we did, uh, oh yeah, lamb roast sometimes. Yeah, we had uh, we had the um, the leg of lamb. Um, uh, but uh, and and of course at the dinner at, at that table it was always um, either a cornice uh, for the better days Very nice. or a Saint Joseph for um, for the Sunday lunch. So mm. I was pretty much born with that. So so it's very close to my heart. So we we very much uh, a, a wonderful region which is part of a of a much bigger region, the, the Northern Rhone. We got to uh, make sure that we know that there's a southern part of the Rhone Valley which we'll, uh, we'll talk about it uh, a bit later on which are very they're part of the same region but they're very different one to each other to one to each other so here the Northern Rhone we uh, south of, uh, of the third largest city of, uh, of France Lyon about 40 kilometers south to be exact and, uh, and, and we enter in the, in the village of uh, Ampuis and uh, Ampuis is a, is a famous little village uh, not for everybody, but for wine lovers, because this is the homeland of uh, of Cotroti, the the, the, uh, the golden slopes, Cotroti. No, the roasted slopes. Roasted slopes. Roasted slopes. Sorry. Roasted slopes. Roasted. Yeah. Roasted because, slopes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they're very very steep, and they're overlooking the um, the Rhone River, and uh, and they got an amazing exposure. So the, the grapes are uh-huh. actually. Um, Roasting. Mm. So Ampuis, this is uh, this is where it all starts. That's where the, the northern Rhone starts, and then you got to go about hundred kilometers further south, in a very very strip narrow piece of vineyard, and you arrive in Saint Perret, which is the last uh, ten appellations of uh, or ten crus even of uh, of northern Rhone. 
Okay, so you got to imagine yourself um, uh, to look at this region is uh, is following uh, the Rhone uh, River, and the best vineyards are, um, are overlooking this uh, this river. In fact, my family always said to me that um, if uh, if the vines are not looking at the uh, at the river. He can't make good wines. Right? That's what they used to say to me. So the base wines, uh, the base wines are looking at it. So very, very steep hills, dangerously steep. You know, we're talking fifty-five, or fifty-five percent radiant. Okay, so it's right. it's like pretty much you mm. know um, uh, straight down. Impossible for a tractor, like simply impossible for a tractor to go up this hill. Not even a horse will go uh, up this hill. It's hard enough just to walk uh, from, from, from this hill. So everything is done by hands, mm. okay? And to help them a little bit is mini caterpillars, uh, mini ones to go between the, between the rows. So it's quite, it's quite um, dramatic, really. Mm. When you, and, it, and the soil is very, very, very rocky. Okay, uh, if we take uh, Cotroti, which that's where we start now, I think it's where we're going. We should stay for a few minutes. Uh, you're talking schist soil, so uh, it's like plates, isn't it? It's like uh, it's not round stones. It's um, like a flattened. It's fl- yes, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And 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 dangerous, very dangerous. You know, you can sleep. You know, it, it happens. Accident happens every single year. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, every year. And uh, and but this is where um, C does its best, of course. So Cotroti is famous um, mainly for his Syrah. We are allowed to use a little bit of Vionnier. Uh, however, less and less producers, may, you know, we got to know that, that less and less producers are actually um, uh, using Vionnier. Um, and, and they tend to replace their, their Vionnier, Vionnier grapes for, uh, for Syrah. Um, so um, a wine which... Uh, it's like it's for the north of the others, so a little bit of a cooler kind of uh, of climate. Uh, so makes wines um, a little bit more like Burgundy. We in fact we say Cotroti is the Burgundy of a Rhone. Okay, mm. so blind with age, a Cotroti could be mistaken for a um, for a, a Pinot. From the north, from mm. the from uh, from from Burgundy, so um, uh, wines which are extremely edge worthy um, as well, very very complex, hugely complex, um, extremely sophisticated. Okay, uh, on the nose, you 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 always have this wonderful. Um, tapenade kind of thing, you know, the black olive mm. with the mm. violets. And uh, and the the dark berry fruits, but with a with a kind of a sophistication about it. Yep, you you you. I think you, so. And you know, you the, the, you black, like the black pepper, like hung yeah. hung meat, game. Yeah, there's a, a sort of a minerality to the wines, which is spectacular. Mm. Mm. Um, and uh, and they they are they are considered the Grand Cru really of a of a of a Northern Rhone. And it's a small area, you know. It's a very small area. I think is. 
now I should have checked that, but uh, it's barely 200, uh, no, it'd be just above 200 hectares of vines in, uh, in Conroti. So it's, it's, very, it's, uh, it's very, very small. It's clearly divided in, in two parts. We, we call uh, the Côte Blonde and the Côte Brune. Uh, the Côte Brune tend to make wines uh, a little bit more structured because there's more iron in the soil. It's more uh, the, the, this kind of a volcanic uh, soil. The, the, well, the Côte Blonde is, uh, is, uh, is more of a, of a, a lighter granite, um, which actually we, we find a little bit in the Beaujolais, which we've seen um, a few hours ago. But, um, uh, so wine's a little bit more elegant, and sometimes people blend the two together. Some mm. people keep it um, keep it um, separate. Uh, a lot is got to be said. That a lot of the producers are, have a little bit plots of lands um, in both in Côte de Bonne and Côte de Nuit, and they tend to uh, blend them uh, to make a, um, a, a very um, complex, mm. uh, very uh, a wonderfully wonderfully harmonious um, um, style. So uh, they age uh, beautifully well. Um, well. There are some top producers, some very famous producers, just to name a few. Gigal would be one of the, um, one of the, the biggest and, and one of the most famous ones. But there's also small and, and very, very exclusive domains, such as Jamais, for example, which uh, are making uh, wonderful, wonderful wines. Um, they're, they're not that easy to understand. What do you think, man? I mean, it's... I suppose so. I mean, I think I think the uh, the Gigal, um, the top level Gigal wines, are reasonably easy to understand because they're really international in style now. That's right. All, they have that's Gigal. Yeah, that's right. Two hundred percent New Oak. Yes. Um, Thirty six yeah. months in barrel, basically, or no, forty two yeah. months in barrel. Some I think. of them forty two. Yeah, um, and wines. these are these are massive wines. Um, mm. I mean, I, I I still think they're true to the terroir, but. You, you, you know, they're kissing cousins of some of the top uh, Australians in, mm. in some regard. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're maybe you're right. They're not, maybe not your most classic. No. Uh, style this style but if you take Jamais wines they, Jamais of course uh, yeah, yeah they, great they, they're more savory they, they they have a little bit more of this undergrowth characters they, they, they're not the style of wine they will jump uh, at your knees and you know that kind so of that, thing so that, that's Sounds like to me a long time in the barrel. Is that uh, typical of this part of the region or of the region? Or not historically, not? but right. I, I, look, I, I think what you're seeing in Cote Roti and probably in Hermitage as well um, is similar to what you're seeing in Barolo now. You have the, the traditionalists and then you have the modernists and then you have the people that sort of have a foot in both camps and are mm. somewhere between. And um, Gigal became extraordinarily famous with the what the, we call the Lalas, La Moulin, La Landon. Um, and... And 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 people saw you know these these great prices. I mean these these are seven hundred dollar bottles of wine oh, yeah. in this country, um, mm. and you know they're difficult to find mm. because they're very popular. Right, and they are your super super cote roti, like oh, you were saying, super super, super Toscan. Uh, but no, I mean super as like oh, super, uh, okay. you know the special cuvee oh, wines. But they um, are superb too. Oh, they, oh, in oh, their yeah, style. If you like, if you like that style, yeah. definitely. Yeah, if you like that style, definitely. Yeah. The the more tra- and and you're so right. You know, you got the three different schools there, okay. and uh, and and jamais will be. 
definitely the opposite to uh, to Gigal. You know, mm-hmm. they, uh, they you would not see a very little New York in there. But um, to age them for that long, maybe forty two is pushing it. But twenty four months is pretty uh, is pretty normal for a Cotroti. They are big wines. You know, they're big tannic wines. So they need some times in the barrels to to soften up to you know to get together and 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 to um, become a little bit more harmonious. So they, no, that's to answer to your question. They they need that. They need yeah. the twenty four month plus plus. Why are you going to leave them in the bottle afterwards? Absolutely. I mm. mean, they're also you know talking about these big tannins. They're, they're structurally different than Barolo. Structurally different than Bordeaux. Um, mm. Syrah is a tannic grape, but it's not as tannic as uh, Cabernet, and it's not. In fact, it's not as tannic as Merlot is. Technically, mm-hmm. and yet these are wines um, that that can age fifty, sixty years, yeah, in the best vintages, mm. yeah, sure. and the best producers, and but, the best producers, yeah. yeah but uh, but yeah, it's um, it's um, it's a style of wine that um, uh, they're expensive anyway, so they're not to everybody's um, uh, wallet either. You know, for a good Cotroti, uh, you know, now you you're looking ninety plus dollars a bottle, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, but it's considered as um, as one of the grand cru of a of a northern rune. Mm. Amazing site, not not the prettiest sites, mm. um, because uh, we are uh, the rune at that stage is not the greatest um, river. Um, it's uh, it's just an interesting site because unless you, unless you've been to the Rhine River, for example, uh, in the Rhine Valley. Uh, in Germany, you you never see anything as steep as this planted with mm. vineyard. Really, it's it's quite it's quite incredible. Mm. Mm. And uh, when I go with my clients, um, I got one of my producers got a four wheel driver, and uh, and he um, he gives me a bit of a um, you know a bit of a eye wink and say, shall we take them uh, up the uh, <laughs> up the hills?" And then we go with his four wheel drive. <laughs> And I tell you, and that's on the road. That's not in the vineyard. Eh? That's on the road. Right. Uh, I tell you, it's, it's scary. Obviously scary. <laughs> yeah, it's, and he drives like a madman, of course, sure. because uh, well, he's he was, <laughs> but he was born there. You know, he he lives it, he breathes it. You know, so he knows. You know, yeah. but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely experience to to go on the top, and you got the most amazing view, of course, of uh, on the top of his uh, on the top of his hills, and mm. uh, and see where this. You know how poor the soils are, how steep uh, the the the, uh, the slopes uh, are. It's uh, it's quite a unique experience. Yeah, yeah. And like so many of the wines that we've been talking about in this podcast series, Cote Rotin and also Hermitage um, are signposts for the variety, um, not just just the region, but in terms of the heights that Syrah can attain. I I think you need to look there first. Mm. You know, with all due respect mm. to Australia, um, it's France invented it, and it they they still I think hold the mantle for the greatness, the greatness that this uh, this variety can produce. Right, the great great benchmarks, mm. absolutely great benchmarks. Yeah, yeah. 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 and, and uh, can you drink them young as well? Well, you can drink anything young. Yeah, <laughs> but would it be would it be pleasant, or would you just be thinking, shouldn't have? Really they're not. They're this? not that pleasant, to be honest. When they're young, mm. they're not that. And pleasant. so, by young, good you're saying eh? less than four years. Yeah, yeah probably, uh, probably um, four to five. Yeah, mm. really. Mm. It's just you're going to miss so much um, yeah. out of them if you drink them too young. Mm. You know, they're definitely a wine for the cellar. Mm. Um, but. Uh, 
you can get you know the more commercial side but i won't even i would not even go there it will it will give you a bad a bad image of what cotroti is all about yeah i mean i suppose in a lighter cooler vintage you probably could um get away with a yeah, wine five years mm. old but mm. yeah I mean, why would you? Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think you. And they they're more uh, they're more uh, food wines as well. Anyway, yeah, really, completely. So you need you need uh, you need some food with that. And is it uh, generally the case for Syrah as a varietal? You know, I know we're talking broadly, but it's better to have a little bit of age at least on it. Oh well, well I particularly mean, we, for us because a lot of them, I, I suppose, come from Australia. Yeah. Oh, in, in Oaks Bay, we, we, we're seeing some wonderful example at the moment from Oaks Bay. But they, they physically, they're very, very different. They, in New Zealand, we've got this wonderful plumminess about it. We've still got a little bit of these peppery characters. And, but it's, it's just the baby fat that we do get, uh, we do get in New Zealand that, uh, that a cote roti will simply, uh, a classic cote roti will not have right. uh, when they're young. Mm. Uh, so uh, a Syrah from Oaks Bay, uh, you know, I, I tried some lately, which I was very, very impressed. But I think they're more early drinking style. So yep. you wouldn't generalize and say Syrah needs some time. Right. They do age, though. That's true. Well, in fact, I had um, uh, the 2002 Syrah of a very famous producer from Hawks Bay, oh, which yes. is going to remain nameless. Oh, okay. And I, I opened it at the age of 10. I I'd had I, I think I bought a half case. I had a few before they were six years old, and I thought these were great. Have the next one at the age of ten, mm. and, and I had two bottles left. I opened the first one, oxidized, dead. Oh, right, opened right. the next one, also oxidized. Oh, yeah. And you know, this is out of a temperature control cellar, and mm. sure, you know, bad bad corks. But if you have two bad corks in a in a mm. row, mm. so so for me, it just felt like well. It was promising a lot mm. at the age of five, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then within five years, you know, it, it tasted like a tawny port. Mm. Yeah. Was it a um, was it a, a very ripe year? Do you remember the year? Two thousand two. Ah, two thousand two. Yeah. Mm. So good yeah. year, good year for this producer as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's it's disappointing. A, yeah. Well, you know. So it don't, certainly is. Yeah. Mm. Don't. Uh, yeah. Don't. Don't try to age them too young, too too old. I think if uh, yeah. to age too long, should I say if. Uh, um, no, it's it's more. Would would you generally be a bit disappointed by having one that was only a couple of years old? Um, but from what I hear you saying, is that in this part of the world, probably not. Well, no. uh, look, I mean, I think a, a good for me a good rule is um, better young than old, a bit better too young than too old, right? It, it, yes. From any region, yeah, mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. region. It's a good point. Yeah, very mm. good point. Yeah, because mm. you can. Be, yeah, it's disappointing, isn't it, when uh, when it's too old. Mind you, you know, I mean, we drink, we're lucky to drink some very old wines and, uh, and you know, too old is very rare to, if, you, if a wine is great, yeah. it's very rare to strike, really, too old. That's you know right. What I mean, I, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but they are old, but would you say they are too old? Well, yeah. too old no. for that particular one. Like in Mark's example, those were too old because sure, he would sure. have enjoyed them. At but I mean, six you know, years. the one, yeah. the ones that Jean Christophe is referring to will be uh, blue chip stocks, basically. Maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, yeah. You know, if if you if you're going to sell seller a Mouton Rothschild or Rothschild mm. or um, or you know a, a, a great uh, Hermitage La Chapelle, um, yeah. for thirty years, yeah, it's it's you know, and and if you've looked after the cellaring, okay, yeah. It's going to be okay mm. if the cork holds out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, two old is uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting. Yeah, one, no, I suppose my point is more if you're if you're looking at a, an Australian um, Syrah mm. uh, and yeah. you see that it's two years old, or you see one that's four years old, are you generally going to have a better experience with the four year old one because it's a Syrah and that's mm. what generally happens, or can is is it still just a completely up to the producer and yeah, the year and the region and, hmm. and the year and the closure and the closure? Mm. I mean, they're all stealth and yeah. now. They don't seem yeah. to age very quickly under stealth in these no. days. No. Yeah, so it depends on a lot of yep. factors. Okay. It's, it's, it's hard to generalize, really. Mm. Mm. It's, but, you know, to come back to Cotroti, it's a shame to open them uh, yeah. before three Completely to agree. four years. Mm. Yeah, it's, mm. a, it's a real shame. And, um, and there are some, you know, there are some uh, stuff that really, ideally, you should not touch them for 10 yeah, really. Well, I mean, it's 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 a bit like a Corton or something like mm. that. If you if you're going to mm. spend the money at Corton, show the show the bottle a bit of respect in the cellar and 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 give it some time to let it show you what it can transform into. Yeah. And Cote Roti, you know, if if you're lucky enough to be a producer and own vineyards in Cote Roti, you're dealing with absolute blue chip wine. Yeah, yeah. It's top. It's top wines. Yeah. yeah. We've been speaking with Jean-Christophe Poisin and Marc today about the Rhone region in France. And this was the first episode of two on this region. You can find out more about Jean-Christophe and what he's doing here in Auckland by going to Maison Veron uh, online. Uh, so the web address for that is mvauron.co.nz. And you can also find out more about Mark today on his website, which is marctaddei.com. Be sure also to check out some of the other great New Zealand wine podcasts where we talk to others involved in the wine industry. And you can also connect with us via social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We look forward to your company again very shortly. Hey kona mai. Bye for now.